Hey. Welcome to the Providence Road Podcast. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk a little bit more about our 50th anniversary homecoming celebration, and we'll be talking with Gary Hickson. Welcome to the Providence Road Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. It's me, Sean, and I am back again. Uh, we're talking about, uh, we're talking with people about our 50th anniversary celebration that's coming up, and I am so excited to have on the podcast today none other than the one and only Mr. Gary Hickson. Uh, Gary Hickson is an amazing fellow. He is a graphic design artist. And he is uh, the husband of Jane, and he is just an all-around nice guy. So everybody give it up for Mr. Gary Hickson. Gary, it's good to have you on the podcast. Good to be here. I am so happy to have these conversations with you because you, my friend, go back to before people came into this building 50 years ago at 4900 Providence Road. You met in the original, not the original, but the in the uh, building that was um, the Plaza Church of Christ. Can you, let, let's just stop for just a second. I would like you to introduce yourself to everybody who may not know who you are. Um, just, just give a nice introduction of yourself. Okay. Um, I came to Charlotte in 1955, 56, and the church was meeting at the Plaza which is uh, in the Plaza Midwood area. That building is today a restaurant called Supperland mm. and uh, was taught Bible classes there and worshiped there for years until uh, my wife was baptized there uh, in the first year of our marriage. And then in actually 1973, we came here to this building to worship. So I've been at what was Providence Road was the Plaza uh, since 1956, so I've been around the church for 66 years. Wow! Um, so I've seen a few things happen and a few things change yeah. along the path. That's right. And we need to, we have to clarify something because you said you came into this building in in 1973, which is actually when people came into this building in 1973. However, right. the cornerstone of the building is marked as 1972, and I think it was because that's when they thought that the building was going to be completed at that time and it actually yeah. bled over into 1973 and it was like I think February or March maybe right. and the first thing that ever happened in here was a wedding and um, I, I think even before the building opened officially right. um, and that was of course um, Kathy and Randy Bannister mm-hmm. and we're going to have them on the podcast another time but this isn't about them this is about <laughs> this is about you buddy yeah. so you um so, without telling us your age, which you don't have to say, what year were you born? Let's just put that. Let's put nineteen fifty. Okay, so in nineteen fifty three six. I'm sorry, you said earlier that was when your first uh, introduction into the Plaza Church of Christ. Exactly. Okay. Right. Okay. And how? What? What brought you into the Plaza Church of Christ? Was it just? Well, my 
we were already members of the church okay. in Winston Salem, where I had grown up. Ah. And yes. so when we relocated here, the Plaza Church was the only Church of Christ in the area. Wow. So, you know, it was where we went. It wasn't too far from our home, and uh, and, and it was obviously pretty centrally located in the, in the uptown area. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That is absolutely amazing. So let's fast forward a little bit to um, when everybody came into um, the, the, the church here in 1973. Do you remember the crossover? Do you remember the? Did you actually like help people pack things up from the other church and help them move it in here, or was it what? What was that like? I don't know. Uh, I wasn't involved in any of that, so okay. I don't know whether that was done by movers or what. And, okay. And the building wasn't that big, and the offices weren't that extensive. That there was a really a lot probably to. I'd say songbooks were the biggest okay. thing that they had to move. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that wasn't something that I even remember. At so that time. let me ask you this: I. No, for a fact, because I came to visit Providence Road in 2010. This was before they did a renovation of this. We're in the auditorium uh, speaking to each other, but they had these giant oak pews, you know, strong as an oak with like orange Mm -hmm. uh, padding on it. Do you remember this? I mean, is this firmly planted in your memory? Those didn't come from the Plaza Church? No, no. They, they, they brought them in here were, to be... As part of the style of the 70s when they were doing this building, and it had blue carpet and orange pews, and so it was a very you know colorful environment. Plus, as you wow. know, if you've uh, seen the building, it has stained glass running across the top edge of it, which yes. today, for managing the, the video screens and everything, it's covered up to some extent. Used to, though, on a Sunday when the sun came out, you would have explosions of color all across the room so it wow. was really really cool when this yeah. when people started coming here and worshiping and 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 folks have said people that we've talked to before said people knew the church because of its stained glass windows yeah. it yeah. was kind of an icon of, of the building and, and this building was actually outside the city limits at the time providence road was two lanes and it was out in the country so <laughs> okay. uh, you know it was a pretty striking piece of architecture out in the middle yeah. of, out in the middle of what appeared to be nowhere at the times obviously wow. not now but it is was then and if you if you've never seen our building it it kind of goes up to a point um and and it does have some striking lines and features it's really it's a beautiful building but it's funny that you you would mention that so do you have vivid memories of driving out into the countryside and coming oh, exactly. to coming to church well everybody thought we were crazy when the land was bought and they, and they announced that they were going to relocate the church because it was in the middle of nowhere, and we were in the middle of everything at the yeah. in, at the plaza. So it was a, a big deal. I'm sure there were some people who probably didn't make that drive, and they went to other congregations, which wow. had happened at the, you know had formed in the years that uh, the plaza had been operating yeah. as a church. Now I kind of know a little bit of where that area is, Plaza Midwood, where you moved from. But if we were to get in a car right now and drive to that area, it would probably take us 20 minutes or so ish. Yeah. Right. And I think that maybe that's traffic and stuff like that. But back then there was no traffic once you got, you know, five minutes outside of town. Exactly. But for those of you that don't know, Providence Road Church of Christ sits very firmly planted in the middle of a lot of housing and a lot of schools and some industrial areas and it's it's a very vibrant alive town city you know however you want to say it, it and Providence Road itself is a four lane structure mm-hmm. that is always busy and packed with cars right always plus across the street there's the jewish community center so there's two synagogues across the street or temples. yes and so there's lots of activity over there as well were those things there when you guys came out here or did those come in much much later no 
I don't know exactly when they were close to the beginning. Let's say that. Okay. I don't know exactly when. So but maybe the, in the 80s at some point. There. Yeah. They've been there a long time. Wow. They, they used to have a temple over on Sharon Amity, but it got relocated over here. I think it's funny that you even say that because when people ask me where our building is, I say it's on Providence Road. They're like, oh, okay. And I say it's across from the Jewish community center. They're like, oh, perfect. I know exactly where that is. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is the landmark. I, it doesn't bother me, but I'm just like, no. you know, the Jewish community center right there. Exactly. Oh, great. Gotcha. That's awesome. Okay. So I love that you have that kind of history with this place. But something that a lot of people don't know is that you have been serving in the church. Like you have been serving, um, teaching and, um, just being a part of different ministries and people's lives since the time that you really got back into the church, like when you were, after you were a teenager, like, so let's kind of walk down that memory lane for a minute. Um, the story goes, um, that, um, you know, really it was just, um, youth ministry was was wasn't really a thing back right, then, you right. know, and so I I think youth ministry kind of became a thing somewhere in the mid eighties, maybe I want to say mid to late eighties, mm-hmm. late eighties, but um, back then you had a large group of of teens, teenagers, and um, they needed to to be shepherded in some way. So t- can you tell me anything about those first? Because this was I, I want to say this is the first formative teenage thing that happened at, at Providence Road Church of Christ at 4900. And and I, I believe you were a part of that first right. uh, effort. T- tell me all about that. Well, when I got out of college and I came back here and, and was returned to the church that I was on the plaza and then it moved here, um, I was, I think, better suited to go backwards and go to a high school class. So I became mm. an assistant teacher in a high school setting uh, I wasn't comfortable with some of the formatting for the adult classes, so I said... You're so nice about that. You say that in such <laughs> so, a nice way. Well, there were there were books with blanks, and you were to fill them in, and then they went around the room and asked for the answers in the blanks. So I was looking for answers spiritually for myself, mm-hmm. and I thought that, mm-hmm. a, that a setting where you know, young people were being taught might be a place where I could also do some learning, because I still didn't have the, the things that I wanted under uh, yeah. in my mind. So. Uh, as a result, I asked the the gentleman who was teaching the high school class at the time, a guy named Don Hull, okay, and uh, and asked him if I could be an assistant teacher, and he was gracious to to let me do that. Wow! Hey, shout out to Don Hull. Yep, just just stepping For in there sure. and just doing. So his he thing. was teaching yeah. he was teaching the the high school kids, and so and I had long hair and a beard and didn't fit okay. in much of anywhere, and and I was graciously re embraced here, and I'd just gotten married. And so uh, we were studying once a week to prepare for the class. I was sitting in the class asking the questions I wanted to ask in, you know, the guise of uh, being uh, an assistant teacher. And then after about six months or so, Don came and he said, hey, guess what? I've gotten a promotion at work. And I said, congratulations. That's great. He said, but I got to move away. And now it's your class. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to prepare a little bit more than I'd been doing. (laughs) So I got serious about Bible study and how to how to share with other people and uh and then I wanted to learn, how do you share with other people? And when I was growing up, there was the Jules Miller film strips. And Jules Miller film All strip. the things that totally. people were doing to try to teach people about Jesus. Yes. So there was a guy who came as an intern, a guy named Bob Kalodner. Okay. Uh, and Bob came one summer as an intern, and he was very evangelistic. And I said, I'm terrified 
to talk with people because I thought, I don't know enough. Right, right. And so he and I started talking, and he pointed me down some paths and gave me some insights. And, wow. And so then I actually became very involved in studying with the high school students, and there were a number of people who were baptized along the way. Wow. And so I got involved with the teenage group and taught the high school kids on Sundays, and then eventually the Wednesday night uh, needed a, a Wednesday night teacher for the junior high kids. So wow. I taught junior high on Wednesday nights. Bless you for that. <laughs> Bless you. Taught high school students. There wasn't a, a hired staff person. There was, okay. there was a tr- preacher and there was a church secretary. And wow. then we had our elders and, and the deacons. And eventually. And the I, deacon group, though, was was very strong back then, though, from right, what exactly. I hear. It was right. a large I, group of people that had specific tasks. Right. That I was did, one yeah. of the deacons at one point. Wow. And, and so yeah. I was teaching the, the classes. And then Jim Berlin and I, very often okay. for about, I'm guessing, eight to ten years, we would have an annual youth event. And so we had people wow. coming from all over the southeast with, I think the largest number we had was maybe around 500 kids and their chaperones wow. that came. Did not know this. For the, for the weekend for you know, special speakers, Bible wow. classes, and all kinds of stuff. So we did that for years. Was this in the late 70s? Is yeah, that it was kinda... late, yeah, late 70s. Wow. So we When were... did Jim Berlin come? So Jim Berlin just for, for those of you that are listening and don't know, Jim Berlin is a longtime member of Providence Road. And he, and now that we're speaking, now I realize he's a very longtime member of Providence Road. But uh, very, just an awesome guy, servant, just a servant, and just mm-hmm. um, loves to go on the AT with the with the uh, youth group. They hike the AT, the Appalachian Trail. And mm-hmm. um, so J- Jim Berlin is, is an awesome guy. And I did not know that you guys kind of formulated and put together the, the, the youth uh, what, what did you call them back then? Well, Rallies one, or uh, youth events, youth rallies. Youth every you know, every year was a different name, different theme, okay. different speakers. It was, you know, it took wow. a lot of time. As a matter of yeah. fact, some years we actually had teachers from within the congregation, and I would do training for all the teachers and do the curriculum for the classes wow. and stuff. So it was pretty involved activity. Yeah. And we'd have all the members would host the kids when they came. So they gave them places to stay. One year it snowed and people were snowed in for an extra day. And it was, wow. I mean, it was a pretty big adventure. And that's a uh, great was, memory to have really right there. Cool. That's awesome. Um, the, um, the, the idea of you know, reaching out, we reached out into other cities for our Friday night devotionals. We had mm. kids coming from Shelby and Statesville, oh, wow. as well as being across the, for the an city. Hour Shore, away. An I mean, hour just, away. Yeah. And so we'd have somewhere around 50 or 60 kids that were here for the high school activities. And then eventually I sort of morphed from high school when we hired a youth minister and he took over teaching on Sundays and all sure. those things. Then I started doing work with the college age and young adults yeah. And so we continued to grow that activity on Friday nights. I love it. That is amazing. That's an incredible look back on the history of Providence Road. So from those times, I mean, like, let's just say, how many um, students were in the church? I mean, were there, did you have a large group of students that were just, just from Providence Road probably, at that point? Yeah, I can't really remember, but it was probably in the 20s to 30s, yeah. a nice size class That's of, amazing. of teens. And then, we, and then the group, the, all the groups of churches were just like, yeah, let's go, let's go over right. there. And so you'd get 500 people at this yeah, exactly. event or whatever. Okay, man, that is awesome. That's an awesome thing. So you did that for a long time. And um, before, you know, before we move on, hey, thanks for that. Sure. I don't know if anybody has ever said to you, thanks for serving in that way, but that's, that's kind of an amazing thing in the history of a church. Um, so then we move on kind of to the next portion that 
I've been told a few things about, but I don't really know specifically, but um, even Kent Massey was talking about coming and being a part of the, the, the singles or young adults ministry here at Providence Road. And he said, you know, I was here and I met Valerie here and, and Gary Hickson and Jane Hickson <laughs> were, and I was like, okay, well that, not, not, that, that doesn't seem right because I feel like you guys are the same age. I don't, I don't, but, but not, that's no. not obviously, he said, no, we're, no, no, we're not. <laughs> I got him by, you know, but um, I, I will say that um, I think it's amazing that you were able to transition out of um, high school, middle school and high school ministry uh, so seamlessly kind of into this like gathering of young adults and and, and uh, I guess childless married people. Is that How would you describe, <laughs> tell me about that time. Well, it's, um, well, one thing you were mentioning about uh, Kent and Valerie, mm. um, Jim Berlin wasn't married at the time. We used okay. to du- we used to double date with Jim and uh, and Kathy wow. when they were dating and uh, before they got married. And Any embarrassing kids. stories you want to tell? No, there's none. Okay, they said no. None. There's none. <laughs> I love it. I but, love it. But when I was teaching in high school, obviously I was involved in that and pretty spent a lot of energy there. Yeah. And so when uh, our first youth minister came and and started teaching then that meant that i wasn't doing anything on sundays other than coming to worship which is a great thing yeah but this was in the 80s in the the 80s okay and so i was really feeling like i needed to be teaching and wanted to be teaching yeah and so um really looked around and saw that there was a need and started teaching the young adults class would be what i would call it yeah and it was there was a few college kids in it mostly were uh, you know younger adults who were you know starting their careers and whatever and sometimes families and we didn't care if they were single or married we really knew that some of that was going to change for a lot of these people that were in the middle of dating and whatever right so we were just reaching out to them and that continued in the Wednesday, the friday night devotionals and the activities that we had and i studied wow. with a lot of people and and i got more comfortable teaching adult classes and so we eventually i was i was mentioning when we were together earlier that uh, we had a classroom over in what now is called the adventure building where we okay. had uh, one of the rooms was big enough for us to have 120 adults in there Whoa. and you know have a have a class in there every sunday and so that was a, a really cool and opportunity w- would you to, say that was mostly young adults like they were you know, 18 to 30 or whatever it, and, it started with that but i found that there were a lot of people who were hungry who were older mm. uh, who were coming in to sort of see what was up and what yeah. we were teaching and and i was trying I to it. do some teaching that was not the fill in the blanks <laughs> kind of teaching i was trying to do teaching that was uh, a lot more practical, hey, practical, hands on, hands on. Yeah. How to live like Jesus? How to be yeah. the kind of person He calls us to be? And some of the evangelism things that I had learned and was practicing and had been fruitful, and God was using me to to reach out to people. So people were also learning a, a, about how to I, do that. I love that. Now I have a, just a, this is just sidebar question here, but you described yourself as a long-haired, long-bearded guy. Mm-hmm. So in the 70s, I would just assume that maybe you were kind of like a hippie guy, you sure. know, kind of thing. But did you continue to have this look even all the way through young adult ministry? Did you have long hair and long beard during think, that time? I think by the time I got to young adults, I probably had cut my hair. And I, <laughs> and I had shaved. What I'd do, I'd grow a beard in the winter when it was cold, and I would shave it off and have a mustache in the summer. Okay. And then at some point, 
uh, I, I realized that having a beard was a hassle, and so I ended up okay, having a go. mustache, which I have continually had since then. I, and I don't want to sound weird, but I, I've never had that problem. I cannot grow a beard or a mustache, so I, I've, I, I long for that. When we get to heaven, I'm going to say, Lord, please let me grow a beard for a couple of days. I'm sure it's going to happen, but um, that's really great. So um, you got to see a lot of people, young people get married through that time. Did you perform any of those weddings or anything? I was asked by one of the couples that we were had been studying with if they would, if I would perform their wedding, and wow. I had never fathomed such a thing. So, <laughs> like, what do I even say? Exactly. Well, <laughs> what do you say, and what do you legally have to do, and so whatever. So oh, we, okay. So we had to sort through all that, but but then I performed their wedding. Oh, and, that's uh, great. So I've done, I don't know, dozens of weddings since then, and sadly, funerals and other activities yeah, that yeah. were their important family gatherings, and I've sure. gotten opportunities to, to try to be part of that. Yeah, and I think over the seven years that I've been here, you and I have been at most of the funerals that have happened in here, so yeah. you have a very deep and rich history with lots and lots and lots of people in here. So, um, okay, well, let's transition a little out of that, too, because that's, that's a great uh, memory. And also, too, I was just thinking— you have young adults, and not everyone is a Christian when they come into um, knowing, um, you know, like come into that class or whatever. Um, did you get a chance to study with anyone and maybe, um, you know, lead them to a place where they were like, I want to follow Jesus, and maybe they were like, want to be baptized and stuff right. like that? Did you have those kind of interactions oh, with e- those people? Exactly. I, I was mentioning earlier when we were having lunch that. Uh, Vanessa Richardson. Oh yes, Van- Vanessa. Vanessa, who was Vanessa Lee. Yes. Uh, that her mother had recently passed, and she had come here with a friend to a Bible class, the one right. that I taught. Okay. And the second Sunday we were together after the class, she came up, and my recollection is that she said, "Do you know anybody that would study the Bible with wow. me?" Wow. Which you know we wish oh. people would ask that all the time. I know. And so you know I got to study with her, and we studied for months, and then yeah. she came to a point where she wanted to be baptized, so oh. I got to do that, but. I've been blessed by participating in the baptism yes. of many, many people, both That's through awesome. the high school time and the young adults, and, and since with you know older adults yeah. as well. I love the rich history. Again, I keep saying the rich history, but like of people hungry for the word come mm-hmm. and people that are hungry to study with them and right. be with them and share that with them. So big shout out to Vanessa and Tony Richardson. Amen. And, uh, I, I love their family, and I'm glad that you you were able you were available. I'm glad that God used you in that moment because mm-hmm. I, I I probably wouldn't even know them today had it not been for you to, to sit down and say, I'll, I'll study with you. I love that. Well, so what I know of you from when I came, so I, I came on the scene about seven years ago when we got here, is that you were heading up uh, two different things. One of them was men's breakfast on Saturday morning, which I came to a few times. And then the other one was a moving ministry. Now, mm-hmm. this is like, to me, it was like mind blowing because you think to yourself, like, how do you want to connect with somebody what can we do? Like, we going to go knock on their door? Oh, it's 2022. I don't know about that. You know, what? how can we really, a moving ministry? And, and then I thought, what an amazing ministry to have for people to call. And I think it's through Love, Inc. And, and they people will call and say, hey, we need some help. I don't have anybody. I don't, I don't know anyone. And then just six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys from Providence Road and, and gals. I, I don't mean guy, guys only, but guys and gals show up and -hmm. just move them out of their apartment or out of their home or into another place. And just, um, I actually experienced that firsthand when we, 
we moved here and we moved into a home and we rented the home and then we eventually bought a home. And when we were going to move, we called the moving ministry and they said, we'll be there Saturday morning. And they came and they moved us out of our old house and put us in our new house. And I'm like, what a huge blessing this is. This is. So tell me, we'll get back to the, to the morning breakfast thing, but tell me about <laughs> the moving ministry, how that, how that was born. And Well, it was born before me. There was somebody else who was involved in it and because people who are moving, sometimes they're moving under crisis conditions. Mm, yeah. Sometimes they're unable to prepare properly, as you and I might think that people would. If you're right. if you're moving, you'd think you'd know you're moving. Maybe they've been evicted or something, evicted. or they yeah yeah. yeah well. But sometimes people just aren't good planners. Right, right. And so, I think there were some issues that didn't work out quite right. I'd come mm. to some moves, and I was just a helper. Right. And then as things sort of shifted, and the person who had been in charge for a while stepped away from it, the need didn't go away. People would ask, you know, we need some help moving. Is there somebody could help us move? Sometimes calls would come in. You'd have a few weeks to get ready. Sometimes people call and say, can you do it tomorrow? Mm. And sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. But we, it, it's open to anyone that needs help moving. We've wow. actually had one family that was moving from Troutman, which is way up north. Oh, yeah, way up there. And they called, and somehow we got connected to them, and there are no costs involved. Right. So That's people, what's mind-blowing to so me. So we go, because people, when you're moving, most people don't want to move themselves, much right. less move somebody else. And so we know people are in a crisis situation, and they don't have a clue what to do. Mm. If they do have the money and get somebody to move them, they don't need us. But people who are in need, so this family called us, and and we worked it out. We went up and packed their stuff and moved them down close to this area near the church building. And then it rained about the time everybody was getting ready to leave, and so they ordered pizza, and everybody sat around the floor of the kitchen and had pizza and talked to these people. Wow. And a few weeks later, I was sitting at church in worship, and right before it started, I heard my name, and I turned around, and they were sitting a few pews back. Wow. And they said, it's your fault. And I said, <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean it's my fault? And he said, well, we studied the Bible. We, we came to the church to find out what kind of place that does things like this. Wow. And so yeah. they said, somebody studied with us, and we were just baptized, and we're now family. Wow. So that's amazing. You never know quite how it's going to work or who you're going to meet. Yeah. But one of the things that it's awesome about it beyond helping people is that, you know, when you come to worship too often and we've remedied some of that recently here at Providence road by having tables during worship. Right. Right. But, and for those that don't know, we have tables in our in our auditorium. auditorium. We don't right. sit in rows. We we all sit at round tables. Exactly. So, yeah. So we're working on our relationships around tables. But if you're if you're, you know, at most churches you're looking at the back of somebody's head when you're at worship. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's hard to get to know people when you're looking at the back of their head. So right. if you go and you work for three hours with somebody and sweat and laugh and pick and lift and move, right. you build relationships with a really diverse group, which then wow. means you've bridged into other people's lives at the church as well as helping people that you right. know or don't know. Yeah, It's cool to meet people for the first time. We had a move a few weeks ago, and it was pouring down rain. We get there, and the person that we were going to move was gone. Whoa. They left their two children there teenagers and they were basically managing their move oh man and so and it happened that we were all a bunch of white people and men and women (laughs) and it was and it was a a family that was black and 
So they immediately, you know, were open to us coming into their home, wow. picking up all their blessings and possessions and moving them through the rain into the truck and out. Wow. And we had a great time with them and built yeah. a relationship with this young, you know, set of, of kids Yeah, and never That's met amazing. the person we moved because never they weren't there that time. Yeah. That's right. I love that. I love that story. Well, I thank you for all the work that you've done with, sure. with the, the ministry, men's ministry, moving, you know, moving ministry, I guess is the, the right way to put that. But, um, uh, tell me a little bit about the men's breakfast. Was that something that was that you started, or was born somewhere it, else, and then it you again, took it over? It was ongoing, and uh, people obviously, uh, you know, the people who were helping in the kitchen. There's a sort of a time period in their lives when they can't continue that service, and so there were different people that were migrating through the kitchen and helping with breakfast. But we would do it once a month, mm. knowing how important fellowship is in building and maintaining the health of a church. Yeah. So uh, I was certainly, you know, I would come and volunteer and set up the tables and the chairs and all those things and got to know the guys in the kitchen and whoever else was coordinating things. And then those people moved on and then I was coordinating, getting somebody in the kitchen and making sure the breakfast was going to happen. I don't cook. So I was (laughs) glad if somebody would (laughs) show up. Exactly. So I was, you know, I'd get in there and still continue to come and, and have other people help set up and clean up. Up. Uh, but it was always a great time of fellowship. And then yeah. the pandemic came and it pretty much terminated that. Shut it down. And, yeah. uh, and so we've had a few gatherings uh, since then. But yeah. for the most part, it was a routine thing that was going on for, you know, probably more than two decades that I'm from. Oh, with. wow. Okay. So it was going on a long, long wow. time. And that's uh, awesome. glad to be involved with that. Well, man, is there, that, that is, that's so awesome. Are, are there any things that you can think of um, that are just fond memories of of being here at the church? I mean, anything that just sticks out in your mind big time that you just go, when I think about Providence Road at 4900, I think about um, this thing that, that happened or this person or um, this time in our lives. Is there anything that, that sticks out to you that makes you say, I remember this part of our life? Because at this point now, you've been a part of this church, even when it was at uh, the plaza and then here for decades. Right. And when I say decades, I don't mean like two, I mean like more than two. And so <laughs> you've, you've, you've been through season changing seasons. I mean, you've seen worship ministry change. You've seen worship music change. You've seen uh, this church go from only, in, you know, acapella style singing out of a hymn book to praise teams being introduced, to an instrumental service being introduced. And then, I mean, you've just seen all the changes of seasons here. It's, I think that's an amazing, you have an amazing view of this place. Well, it, any church is a family mm-hmm. if it's mm-hmm. doing its job right. And I think God called us to be family and to build these relationships when we gather once a week or three times a week or whatever. Right. You know, one of the changes is the fact that you know, it was decided not to meet on Wednesday nights. Right. And, and so, you know, there wasn't a gathering at our building. And so I, I had the question, shouldn't there be a gathering for people who want to gather? I mean, there, there's still a building here. Right? right. Yeah. So I asked in, and this was probably about 10 years ago, right before okay. the pandemic, it was 10 years before, eight years before that. Right. And I, so I asked and we got permission to use the building and had some rooms that we were able to, to access. I think and I so, remember this. And so on Wednesday nights for about eight years, we had a Bible study wow. with the people who wanted together. And there were a number of people. We probably had 10, 15, yeah. 20 people uh, that we do that every week and talk about practical things and just read through scripture. Wow. I've just liked the opportunity to, in addition to worshiping, 
to look into God's word. Mm. And, mm. Uh, and, and I like the times I've taught, I've taught an adult class um, after the one that I was mentioning earlier, I've taught probably 20 years of adult classes. Oh, wow. yeah. And I loved being in the rooms with those people and the energy of people who were seeking to know more yeah, and to know practical ways to live sure. from the scriptures. Too often we get head knowledge and we don't get heart knowledge. Right. And so I was spending my time. So I guess my fondest memories were the times where I've been able to gather with people and lead them mm-hmm. in investigating and, and, as I call it, luxuriating over sometimes as much as a sentence in Scripture. So right. too often we rush through, we're in a six-week study, and we're going to study the book of John. Right. And, uh, and I'm all about trying to, to savor the words, the mm-hmm. nuances, and the meanings that can really touch our heart as we walk through the word. Yeah. So if you're ever in a Bible study with me, it goes on a lot longer than you might have thought. But <laughs> you end up with a much better grasp of what really can can happen in your own life as That's a result good. of that. The word is good. Anything, any other thoughts, any other thing that you can think of that you think, man, when I look back on these decades that I've been here, this is something that I, I think of? Well, obviously there was a misconception that America was a Christian uh, nation and nations aren't Christians. Christians are individual people who sure. follow Jesus. Sure. And so sometimes those kinds of assumptions make us relax in our right. understanding of how to be about God's business. I guess we could just call this a free nation where we get to practice exactly. Christianity. Exactly. So. And it may have been founded on principles that we certainly understand came from the teachings of right. the, the Bible. But the expectation that it's... And yeah. because we have expectations, that we're, that's the time we set ourselves up for disappointment mm. because mm. we assume things. What I've loved about this church, and I've been here all my life, basically, is that we're trying to love people and to give them God's word and to send them out, whether they go on their way and never come back or whether they stay here for a while. Yeah. And to love people so that the people that they impact are loving people enough and very often are bringing people back. And so, you know, I love the fact that there are people who've been here for decades, and I love the fact that there's new people. Almost every Sunday I meet somebody who's new here. Uh, I've got a, a, a coffee time scheduled tomorrow with someone who's visiting the church. And when I met them, mm. they said, when is a starting point, which is our, mm-hmm. how do you, you know, let me know more about, know the, church. More about the church. Yeah. And, and so they, you know, we, they were hungry to know, how do you get into this church and become part of what's going on? And, mm. and so they were also saying they were, you know, they weren't working right now. They were trying to figure out what they were going to do next. Wow. Yeah. And I said, well, let's get together and have coffee. Absolutely. And they said, let's do it. So, I think this is a place where people are seeking, and we want to make sure that people are welcome, and mm. we're glad to see the diversity that's here, and we're yeah. glad to embrace people. One of the things I love about Romans twelve thirteen, the last two words are commonly translated practice hospitality, which we mm. usually think involves food, right? and maybe no. we let people stay at our house. <laughs> but the Greek that's the source of that translation means to love strangers like family. Yeah. Yep. So we're about loving wow. people like family when yep. we meet and it changes people's lives because the world oh, the world's not like that. But yeah. we get to be like that when man. we choose. So that's what you, I love about this place. You just bring up so many thoughts when you say that and I I think the the overarching thought about church when I was younger is that you know we don't associate ourselves with these kind of people. And now that I'm in my 40s what you've just said totally resonates much deeper than anything there. And it's that, you know, 
if I love someone who I think is living a life of, of, of sinful, um, you know, desires of the flesh, I don't have to hate them. I can love them. And that doesn't mean I approve of every single thing they do. I can just love them where they're at. I can love that. I can meet them. I can talk to them. I can be kind to them. Mm-hmm. I can show them Jesus and I don't have to teach them a lesson or fix them in a minute to what I think it should be fixed. I can just love them. Exactly. And I think that's beautiful. And I think that's awesome that you characterize this church that way. That's a really, really deeply wonderful thing to think about a church because I think sometimes you, 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 a lot of people have trauma from churches and have things that have, they've been hurt in a church and someone hurt someone in the church hurt them or, you know, something like that. And, um, it's just really great to hear, um, that this has been a place, um, a safe place. Yeah. For that many decades, right? It's really tough to find a church that's a safe place. But I, I just got to say, I mean, obviously, I work here. I, li- <laughs> I live here, and I work, and I came here to be at this place. But I do find this to be a very safe place. And so, for you to say that, I think is a is a beautiful thing. I, w- I walked in the coffee room one time a few years ago, and there was this couple sitting there, and I didn't know them. They were visitors. Mm. And we have two services, and so I don't know everybody because right. there are people that Between are members. Two, yeah. Exactly. But still, somebody I didn't know, they were sitting there. So I went and I got some coffee, and then I went over and I said, hey, you know, I don't know you. Right. And I introduced right. myself. I said, what are you guys doing? They said, well, we're just sitting here to see if this is a friendly church. <laughs> and I said, well, you're sitting in the wrong place. The people who come here are not awake. They came to get coffee and to crawl out of the room. They're not going to greet you. Oh, that's funny. And so we sat and talked for about five minutes, and then they said, Okay, we well, you know it's a friendly church <laughs> because of your friendly, and because I was being friendly. Yeah. And so then they realized, oh, this is a place where we would want to be a part. They became yeah. members. Oh wow! And it wasn't because of me, but no. it was because the way that God uses all of us yes. Yes. to step into the lives of people who said, "I want to come into this building." And once yeah. you've come into the building, you're fair game to be loved on. Yeah, and see what God will do. And I love what you do outside of the building too. You spend so much time outside of the building with. Uh, the moving ministry and and just lots of other, especially with the young adult ministry that you did in the youth ministry, those things don't all happen in here, you know. So just a, a man, you have just had an amazing legacy of service here. So Gary, thank you yes. from from the bottom of my heart. Thanks for all the years of just um, uh, just unwavering service. You just you just want to be close to Jesus. You want to follow Jesus' teachings. And it's just that simple to you. It's, it doesn't get any deeper than that. Exactly. You want to love Jesus and you want to follow his teachings. So thank you. And tell Jane thank you as well. She's, she's sure. just as much a part of that she's as a, you are. a much better half. Well, okay. Right. Now, see, now that's, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. I am so happy to have been able to sit with you and chat with you thank about you. all this stuff. Um, a blessing as we go. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give each of you peace. We will see you next time.